Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Danielle Fabulous, and welcome to Out of the Corner with Shane Matthews. This has been a really exciting week TV-wise. A&E just launched a new biography series titled WWE Legends, and their very first episode was on one of the most polarizing characters in wrestling history, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I want to take a minute. I want to unpack this because there was so much going on in this documentary, and if, if you... One of the reasons why I love these documentaries so much is I, I, it really humanizes people to me and gives me a perspective that I might not have ordinarily had. So um, it was great. It was a great Shane and I both watched it. Shane, uh, early years, what did you think? Yeah, I think A&E, um, they did a great job with this biography series. And if this is what the whole series uh, and the whole season's going to have in store, I'm totally excited to see how they're going to break down each superstar. Um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin one, wow. You know, Vince McMahon has called Stone Cold the greatest WWE superstar of all time when he went into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, the guy who produced and directed The Last Dance, you know, that Michael jo yeah. uh, Jordan, the Bulls, he did this um, this special for Stone Cold. And, you know, if we're starting off with the early years, I think it was amazing on the fact that you know, they covered that, of course, Stone Cold is the pride of Texas, you know. He's, you know, the Lone Star State. It covered how he grew up in Texas, small town. Um, you know, he was really shy, which that was hard to believe. It really was. Like, I was, like, I was really surprised he said at one point he used to have his little sister call <laughs> the local Dairy Queen yeah, like, to place his order because he was too shy to do it. And she was, like, seven years younger than him. And yeah. you, 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 you look at Stone Cold like the Stone Cold that we all know, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, you, you don't see that coming from him, and I think it was cool that he said he was from a big family and that he broke out of his shell when he started getting into sports. And, it, you know, you saw from an early age he had dedication and drive. They said he trained. All he did was train and want to play football and was an athlete and, you know, ended up getting a scholarship to uh, University of North Texas, the Mean Green Screaming Eagles, and went and played football there. I think for me, seeing that part of it, one of the things that he talked about was the fact that he got to college and he was just like, you know what, man, this is not, I am not about this. 
Like he just he just wasn't a yep. fan. He was like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be like this. And that that resonates with so many people because, you know, depending on your family or your circumstances, um, you know, you may have that push to do something like that. And you know what? Sometimes you just don't feel it. Yeah, I mean, he, it, from what I took on it was that he was over the academic part of yeah. it. He was over the schooling, if you will. Um, I think he loved football, and they said he was a good athlete. You know, that was before my time. But, you know, when you're over school, um, you just are. And um, he dropped out and went, and I think they said he went and worked like the loading docks or some type of shipping job. At yeah. Some, 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 like basically doing shipping containers or something for the money, you know, doing the grunt, putting in the work for the guaranteed money right away. Yeah. And, and one of the things too, that, that they had mentioned a little bit earlier was that growing up in a rural Texas area, basically they only had like a few channels and wrestling came on and he was always very electrified by that. And at some point was like, I really want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. And at that point, he was going to the sportatorium. He was watching these guys, and his friends were like, "Dude, you're as big as these the guys." Legendary What's the legendary sportatorium, man. Like that's the most. That's like uh, like the holy church of wrestling. That's you know, and you know it because you said you grew up watching the Von Erichs. You know, um, world class championship wrestling. That's where they were based out of. And the sportatorium's like holy ground for wrestling. Like it's sad that it's not there anymore. But yeah, they said he. Uh, on there, he said he grew up with uh, watching Houston mm-hmm. wrestling because he was closer to Houston. You know, that's back when it was territorial. But, yeah, it was crazy how he said he'd go essentially to the sportatorium and, you know, drink beer with his friends and throw stuff drink at the wrestling. hang he, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like basically heckle the talent and ended up leading to, they were like, why don't you do this? You know, you're big, you know, you're athletic, you could do this. And that's that's really where it kind of started. He saw a a ad for the Chris Adams Wrestling Academy, and it was basically kind of like a clinic, uh, like a you know deal where he went. And what was really interesting to me about that is that Mick Foley was out. He said, you know, I was kind of watching these guys, and literally, uh, Steve was like the only person who really stood out yeah. as somebody who could you know actually might have uh, a chance or, or or be that guy. And so I think that. As far as like polarizing moments, moments that really make you know your life, you you may not know that, but somebody else to see that in you so quickly, I think that that's a really neat deal. Yeah, he had quote unquote it, you know, as they as they call it inside the business, like whatever it is, he had it is you know Mick Foley, you know, well he described, you know, and um, I think that you know they said from a like. He picked it up really fast, and he went straight into the end. Like two months in, he was already on the road, and in the Indies paying his dues. And I think he—they said he was working uh, somewhere in the south. I forgot the name of the promotion, um, but for, you know, he went straight into it, paying his dues, and you know, working for the proverbial hot dog and a handshake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, he was eating raw potatoes. He says at one point because yeah. that's all he could afford. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine like having to go out wrestle your heart out and now you get to you, oh you get, here's a raw potato for you. I mean, well, and a lot of the people you know listening or from the outside world maybe don't know, but the independents don't pay anything. It's all about chasing that dream and paying your proverbial dues. And I think that you know. When you want it, you're willing to chase after it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. I mean, it, and, and, and he's proof 
you know, that, that if you really want something, you really have to work for it. And one of the things that I found really interesting watching this was um, just how his wrestling style evolved when they show the old footage first of all it's funny as heck seeing him with hair it just oh, yeah. doesn't even look have, like it belongs on his that head long flush, those long, long flowing locks, locks. yeah yep. yep. it's yep. so weird seeing him with hair because you you think of again you think of stone cold like he is now like he has been and it's like it's just weird seeing him with hair but um yep. St you, stunning steve williams <laughs> that was his uh that was his first name you know um and then, you know, when he got to WCW, they uh, I'm pretty sure that's when they named him Steve Austin. He had to think of it on the fly, and they helped him. And Because there was already a, Steve, already a Steve Williams. Yeah, yeah he yeah. couldn't just, like, yeah. roll with that. Yeah. And I think somebody thought of it on the fly, and it just stuck perfect, you know, for him, in my opinion. Well, and that's, um, you know, that's one of the things that I feel like Stone Cold, and here, and I want to say this, Shane's not going to agree with me. I've never really been a huge Stone Cold fan, but which is a sin here in Texas. Oh gosh! Well, here I mean, here let's keep it real. Maybe let me give you some context. When Stone Cold was at the height of his career, I was literally like twenty with a baby. Wrestling was not even on my radar. Shane was like nine, so yeah, so like yeah, so like yeah, seeing yeah. so like he he so that was a big part of of your childhood. Shane is actually yeah. watching that I went from that ascension. HBK to Stone Cold, yeah, right, I and then and that was a huge part of your life where it was on my radar because let's keep it honest, everybody knew who Stone Cold was, but but I didn't really connect with him until. The, towards the end of his career, well, when my he, children yeah, he, were old enough to actually, you know, get, get involved in it. So, I mean, it, it's a huge generational gap for me because I missed that whole point. Well, well, and don't get me wrong. I didn't get to see the WCW Stone Cold. Um, at that point, I was watching, you know, WWF Ultimate Warrior Hogan. I was never – my grandpa watched WCW, but for some reason, WWF always caught my eye. Um, but, you know, I didn't get to see his rise from WCW to getting injured – you know, being in a tag team with Brian Pillman, getting injured, getting fired, and then going to ECW, you know, Paul Heyman signing him while he was still injured just to come run on the mic because his mic skills were so good. And him getting noticed, like, almost instantly by J.R., Jim Ross, and, you know, getting signed to WWF, which was his, was his main goal. But I was the cool kid in middle school that had the Austin 316 shirt, like, right when it came out. Like, you know, I, I went through all that when I finally started understanding what wrestling was about more than just watching it as a kid, you know, so. Well, and that, that kind of brings me back to my point, you know, where maybe I wasn't so much necessarily like a fan, but let, let's keep it real. I mean, if you don't know the backstory, you don't know how hard he really worked to get to that point. This wasn't just some guy. I mean, he, he was on this tra trajectory, but he, he, you know, he failed. He failed a couple times. He worked hard. Well, and, and, and it's just, it's, it's seeing his his whole journey along that process again it really it, it gives you not only faith in in that process but faith in yourself because if this guy can do it i mean he had it he believed in himself but you know he had so many pit stops on the way there oh i agree you know a small town texas boy 62252 goes to wcw they tell him you know they're going to put the mid the us title which is like the mid card strap on him you know um and then, essentially, that doesn't happen. They end up putting him in a tag team spot. He gets injured. He gets fired by telephone by Eric Bischoff. What a crummy way to get fired. Yeah, dude. Goes to ECW and gets to unleash some of his built-up anger and aggression and the fact that he didn't get the opportunity he felt he deserved. But in WCW, 
and you know, I'll get on WCW more later, but I would like to say that in my opinion, WCW's problem was they put too much in talent that was already made and didn't try and build stars. And I think essentially that's what led to their demise, but that's for another day. Um, but you know, Stone Cold, when JR saw him, he knew he had it. He got to WWF. They put the ringmaster gimmick on him. Um, yeah, and he tried, but I mean, that's again an example of where maybe things didn't quite work out for him. Um, but but you know, at some point he was able to give himself a rebrand, yes. and actually it was his wife that helped him come up with the name Stone Cold. Yeah, it's crazy. He was watching that uh, document that documentary series on some mafia serial killer. I forget the guy's name, and said that he wanted to somehow play that into his character. He said, I mean, he was pretty much doomed with the ringmaster, you know, gimmick. Yeah. Like, who is the ringmaster? It didn't work. Like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you set yourself up to be the ringmaster? Like, what do you, what, that's a hard angle to work for. I don't care who, who you are. I don't think anybody could have worked that gimmick. Um, you know, he ends up shaving his head completely bald, then doing the mustache, the goatee, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was born. His wife, like you said, Came up with the name, better drink your tea before it gets stone cold. Stone cold. I mean, it was perfect, though. He was that character. He became that character. He was it. He lived it. He metamorphosized himself into that character. You know, that's one of the things he said at the very first part of that documentary. They asked him, you know, who is who is Stone Cold and who is Steve Austin? And he, he like, literally was like, you know what, I, I, I don't know. Because it was so much an embodiment of him. Um, he did say at some point, you know what, it depends on the environment. But... Um, it, it, it was really, uh, look, looking back at the history of it, again, it's like one of those serendipitous moments. Um, he actually got a shot um, to, to, to come up and really do his thing in front of everybody uh, when he won King of the Ring. 1996. Now, that was not planned. supposed to go down no. that way whatsoever. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to choose my words very carefully here. Transparency? Is is not something that 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 did you see that you saw near as much of back then? No, kayfabe was a real thing back then. As, like you as you do now, your gimmick, yes, exactly. Yes. And so Triple H got himself in a smidge of trouble. Yeah, the old curtain call incident at Madison Square Garden. And if you're a fan, I'm sure you've heard about it. It's been told many a times. Um, basically, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall were leaving the business. Triple H. And Sean, you know, Triple H with Hunter Hearst Helmsley at that time, they all came out and did the famous curtain call hug with, and that's two heels and two faces. And in wrestling, you know, the heels and the faces are not supposed to intertwine. So, um, yeah, Shawn Michaels wasn't going to take the heat. He was the champion. Nash and Hall were leaving. So it was all left on Hunter. And, you know, he manned up and took the punishment, lost his King of the Ring spot. But we all know that worked out well for him anyway. He was fine. But, that gave Stone Cold the chance to rise because, like I said, 95, early 96, he was still coming in. Mm -hmm. When King of the Ring happened, it was a jetpack on his back, bro. He launched himself off once Austin 316 was born. And that was on the fly. I mean, this was like post-interview. You know, yes. yep. Freestyled it. Yeah, to, to, and, and that's that, again, just goes to show, like, it's those, those moments that you just can't – you go back in time and you're like, wow, how did he do this? And he didn't. And, and, and nobody knew at the time that it was going to take off like it did until the next night where everybody's got, you know, 316 signs. Yeah. And, um, and once that shirt took off, boy, they – I mean, that still holds merchandise. 
price records to this day. Like yeah, they, I, didn't they say you made like a million bucks just in one year selling shirts? Oh yeah, oh yeah, just on shirts one year, like a million bucks. Like, and if you were a kid or anybody in the '90s, no matter what store you went to, Austin Three Sixteen merchandise was there. I don't care what store it was; it was everywhere. And in my opinion, the Attitude Era, you know, getting into '97 when they're kind of ditching the new generation era, I feel like the Attitude Era was put in place for Stone Cold so that he could launch that company to, you know, an atmosphere it's never been. Like, he took it to heights and levels it had never been. Um, You know, and, you know, we can cover Stone Cold. I'd love to break down another whole episode. I mean, you could talk forever on him. You could. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's it's his 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 dedication to what he did, and that's that's the only criticism I think that I have. I, I wish there had been a little more, kind of of dug in a little bit more on the emotional. Well, they were side limited to two hours, you know. I mean, but I think they did a good job. And plus, Stone Cold's old school tough guy. I don't think he wanted. He's to not going to show a whole. I lot. mean, but the sacrifice he made, and the fact that he basically you can call it selfish, but he put in the work to dedicate himself to putting in a body of work that can never be, you know, compared to, you know, it's one of a kind. He, in my opinion, what he did for wrestling, nobody else has ever done. It's, and, it's just like KO said, there, there's never going to be yeah, another Stone Cold. And I think that's what the problem with like the new age is we have, there's so many talented wrestlers and they, they work a different way, but they're held to such a high standard because of people like Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. Um, But I think, you know, if you look at Stone Cold's 97, 98, 99 run, you know, even into 2000, 2001, you know, he was a rocket. He burned out. His career may have not lasted as long as some people's, but the mark he left, impeccable. Um, three-time Rumble winner, all the title runs, not to mention mer- merchandise and, you know, being a larger-than-life celebrity. Like, everybody knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was, and they still do. And they always still will. do. Yep. I mean, now he's got his own beer. You know, he did the Hollywood thing, and now he's got his own podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think he's done well for himself metamorphosizing into a character outside the wrestling world. Like he's he's totally fine knowing he's not a wrestler anymore. But that mark that he left will always, you know, it'll never be touched. No, and and you're right. He really did evolve into um, a place where he's comfortable, and we are so lucky to have uh, Stone Cold. In, in our history as far as wrestling. So um, great series. If you have a chance to watch it, do it. There are going to be several more. Yeah, it's an eight-part series. So that was episode one, seven more. And the next one, I think, is going to be on the hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who, yeah. in my opinion, one of the greatest heels all time. So we'll, we'll definitely be watching those. Yep. Um, but now we are going to take a few minutes for some messages. And when we come back, we've got a special guest. Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Exactly. I'm Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. (laughs) You can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Uh, at Rogue Media Network, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. Thanks. <laughs>
What's your excuse? And welcome back to Out of the Corner with Shane Matthews. Um, once again today, like the past episodes, I'm drinking on something a little special. And today I'm drinking on a couple of pours of Shieldag Single Malt Islay Scotch. I got in Total Wine at a Total Wine in Austin, Texas. Um, and now we're very excited to bring to you, the listening audience, our first guest. Um, this is Melanie from TCBTX Photography. Hey, Melanie, how are you doing? Can you hear me? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, right? Yeah, Taco, <laughs> yeah. Ta- taco Tuesday. Can't beat it. <laughs> Uh, exactly. So, Mel, I want to know, first of all, what does TCBTX stand for? That's a mouthful. <laughs> it, it really is. But um, so I am a big, once I tell you this, it's going to be like obvious. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a big Elvis fan. And oh. his motto was always TCB, taking care of business. Right. Yeah. So I always incorporated that. So when I started doing photography, I wanted to do TCB, taking care of business in Texas. Oh, so awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he, he used to have the glasses with the lightning bolt and uh, TCB on the other side and the ring too, I think, right? Yes, it does. And so like, it, it's funny because even like, um, there's wrestlers like Shotzi Blackheart who, who use it yeah. and um, people ask me what does TCB stand for? I'm like, taking care of business. That's, that's what we're doing. We're hustling. Well, well, well and that's exactly <laughs> what you do, Mel. And we can't thank you enough for all that you do for us. I, I try, you know, I, I'm still, I feel like I'm still relatively new to the wrestling world here in Texas, but, um, I'm quickly catching up. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I, I've only been in it since 2018. So I guess we're both considered, you know, uh, green as goose shit, you know, with, you know, as, they, as <laughs> yeah. they like to say, we're both rookies, if you will. And in a business yeah. that takes lots of years to, uh, become considered a veteran or a leader. Um, so, Absolutely. so, uh, Mel, can you tell us, where are you from? And tell us about yourself. You know, where do you live and all of that? Sure. So I'm originally from um, San Antonio, Texas. And from there, I kind of like have lived <laughs> basically in the major cities of Texas. I moved around a lot. Yep, same and here. then for like, yeah. And so for like eight to, oh, man, I want to say like eight, nine years, I lived in Los Angeles because I, um, was like a production manager on TV and film shows. You know, I worked my way up from like, you know, production assistant and stuff like that uh, and started working. That's what I, I mean, that's what my, my first love is, is film and, and TV and I love it. So, but um, I, I don't know. It just, it got a little crazy in LA and I wanted to get away from it. You know, San Antonio, Texas, they move at a little bit of a slower speed, but still have yeah. the culture and still have the events and stuff like that. Um, that I love. Um, so I came back over here and have been here since actually I moved to Dallas first and then came back over here. Um, okay. yeah, another wonderful probably city. in 2000. Yeah. 2014, I think. So I've been back in San Antonio since 2014. Well, and San Antonio but, um, is such a fantastic city, you know, in LA, even though it's the city angels, it's definitely the jungle, you know, guns and roses weren't playing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, bull, it can be the boulevard of broken yeah. dreams or, you know, it can almost be like Oz like, and that's really cool. You went out there and grinded. Did you go to school for that? I did. I have a bachelor's degree in radio, television, and film with a minor, um, in Spanish, but I, I wanted to get that minor in photography, but I was like, you know what? I, uh, I want to hurry up and get out of here. <laughs> Four years, I want, I want out. And they, 
<laughs> I, I decided too late on that mine, and I was like, nope, not sticking around. <laughs> hey, I feel you. School wasn't for me either. You know what? And yeah, I just wanted to hype. I just wanted to hyping it out there and work. <laughs> well, that's that was kind of my next like thing. Like, I didn't know you had that background. What what got you into uh, the photography as far as wrestling? I mean, you know, t- tell me kind of how you morphed into this. Yeah, so, um, you know, my husband is a really big wrestling fan. I mean, he's like an encyclopedia of wrestling. And so when we got married in 2011, I mean, he was the guy that watches wrestling, not just like the big names, but like he's watching the indie wrestling scene in Texas. He watches um, in Japan and Mexico. So he really got me into it. And I started looking around and I started looking um, at the local scene in Texas. And I was like, man, I could, you know, I really love, the wrestling photography aspect of it. And I started finding just amazing photographers online and the work they were doing. And I was like, man, we really like, we need that here in Texas. Nothing that I'm the best or anything, but I was like, I could help. I could do something like that. I think that would be, that could be another passion project of mine um, because I was starting to wind down on production because I just didn't want to travel as much because I have three kids. So, oh, okay. um, wow. Yeah. So you got your hands full yeah. of multiple <laughs> I ways. Do. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I feel like I could, I can do that. I can do that. And I'm just so lucky that like there were, there were uh, promotions in San Antonio, like Brandon Outlaw, who let yeah. me come in and were like, can I just like be ringside? I'll give you guys the, the photos or whatever, but I just want, I want to practice. Cause obviously, cool. you know, I don't want to jump in and be like, oh, I can do this. And no, it's a learning curve, you know? And I'm just so grateful that there were wrestlers and there were, promotions who were like yeah come on out um you know let's see what you got let's see what you can do and then even even now it's like so many people who have um like seen me grow and have been there to support me so I was like man I really love this and I love I just I love the people and the energy and I love seeing them grow and get bigger and it's just it's it's just an awesome experience to me oh yeah and you know as much as I do I'm you know being in it it's that's all part of it and you do such an amazing job with it so essentially your husband got you into wrestling or did you watch it before you met him I watched it um you know this is probably an answer like uh, I know it's probably an answer a lot of a lot of women give is the fact that you know, I watched it when I was younger. I loved, like, like one of my favorite wrestlers was Roddy Roddy Piper. I always gravitate against the heels. And that's funny. We I just mentioned him because so they're going to do that. Uh, they're going to do that A&E uh, the A&E uh, biography series this week on him. They did Stone Cold Sunday. Did you yes. get a chance to check that out? No, I haven't, but I'm really interested in the Roddy Roddy Piper ones. I, just, I love him. He just had a great personality, and he was so great. Um, he just seemed like he was so great off camera, too, when he would do, like, interviews and stuff like that he was just so quick yes and um but you know when we got more into the attitude era and i would see the women doing certain matches i'd be like no not for me and at the same time i was um like high school college so i got busy but at the same time i was like no that that's i don't want to see the women doing that it was really cringy and i felt (laughs) even though like they were doing i mean they were athletes i mean Trish, Lita, Jazz, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they're killing it out there and stuff like that. But at the same time, when they would do certain matches or they would do certain things, I'd be like, oh, that's just cringy. The, 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 the mud wrestling, the proverbial <laughs> uh, pillow fight, uh, the only five-minute yeah. spot. Yeah. 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 No. yeah, so that, but then, you know, definitely when I married him, he got me back into it. And I started noticing, I was like, oh, things are changing. Like, women are getting more time. Um 
the the look is different, the gear is different, they're gearing it differently, and um, I was like, man, I, I, I like what they're doing, I like the whole Give Divas a Chance movement that happens, I mean, I just got really more into it, just the characters and stuff like that, and then now, I, I'll admit it, I'm a total AEW mark, though, I love what AEW is doing, because I followed the whole being the elite journey, yeah. like from YouTube, and so into the AEW, so I just... I really, I really like the product they're putting out right now. So I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious. About, now. I'm definitely curious about their women's, you know, because they have Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. But I'm curious to see if, like, you know, because the Iconics were released, if they'll end up over there. Right. Or, and you know, I think AEW's doing a great job. I'd just like to see their women's division maybe grow a little bit more. If you know what I'm, if you know what I'm saying with that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. And you know, just. It's just it's just so much out there, and I I really have gotten into you know being in in the wrestling photography world, I've gotten really into the Texas indie scene, so I know who's who and what they're doing. Because man, there's just so much talent in Texas, and I'm just so glad they're finally getting showcased. Oh yeah, I mean I think Texas is one of the best um, wrestling states in mm-hmm. America for sure, and that's what I was going to get to next was what all promotions do you work for? Um, well, for, for photography-wise, I work for Austin Wrestling Revolution. They run out of uh, Lockhart, um, the Lockhart and Marcus area. And then I work for um, Atlas uh, Wrestling Promotion, which is in uh, um, Uvalde, Texas. Um, I work for, and I work for uh, Puro Pincha Wrestling, which is Kingsville, Texas. Um, <laughs> I work, uh, I, I, you know, I also do some work for Title Match Network for video. So they, I've worked for them at Hurricane Pro Ladies Night Out, which is in Beaumont, Texas. Um, and then currently, I am the, uh, which is uh, this is this is your 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 exclusive guide. I am the uh, production manager for uh, Mission Pro Wrestling, with uh, who's who's owned and operated by Thunder Rosa. Yeah, and you and you can feel free if you'd like to tell people <laughs> what the deal is with Mission Pro. Uh, we do want to do a spotlight on them. So if you, um, especially since you know, yeah, can you give us a little detail? Yeah. Absolutely. So Mission Pro Wrestling is the um, the first uh, whim, all women's wrestling promotion. Now there are other there are other women's promotions, um, you know, in other parts of the United States, but this is the first one where the women are in front of the camera and behind the camera. So my like my team of um, production, like the people who run the cameras, they're all women. Um, the you know the agents are women. Um, the photographers are women. So this is you know, a woman-run uh, uh, production. And it's been really great because, um, you know, there's there's somebody I brought onto my team. You know, I, I put out a notice like, you know, if you want to learn production, um, you know, hit me up. You know, we're looking to add more people. And there was one person, Allison Stewart, who I'm so glad that I met her. Um, she's just like, I'm a wrestling fan. I want to learn. Will you teach me? And I said, absolutely. And she is an absolute sponge. She is caught on so quickly. And we awesome. love having her at Mission Pro. That's so awesome. Um, because, yeah, because not only has she done Mission Pro, but she's gone on to do, um, you know, another, um, she works at another promotion now. And then even got to work, um, you know, uh, WrestleMania weekend uh, at the indie wow. companies in Tampa. Oh, nice. And she was just like, holy, yeah, she was just like, holy crap, this is a dream come true, <laughs> Melanie. And I was like, Girl, you just keep grinding, you know? Yep, that's all about I mean, the This grind. is what you wanted. This is, yeah. Yep, and know. this is what she wanted, and she's just there, and she's learning. I'm so glad 
to get all this knowledge out of my head into other people. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, it's it's a very it's a very niche thing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure it really that, is. Yeah, well, and that's like, um, you know, one of the things that I like about your work, Bill, is that you have this knack for capturing motion. <laughs> like, I don't even know how you do this. Like, I, 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 I'm the kind of person that I'll try and it's just like a blur. Um, there's this one picture yeah. <laughs> that you took of Shane that I absolutely love. It's in black and white and he is giving a three count and like just the motion of his arm coming down. Um, you know, what? And another thing that I've noticed about your work is that I noticed that there was a series of shots where you were actually photographing uh the wrestlers with their injuries post-show and I, it was very oh I loved it I loved it because I mean you know that's not something that you really ever seen before so that's what I wanted to ask you like what's 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 your motivation and how do you capture those moments you know it's it's funny it's, it's um you every you know I feel like every photographer has to find their style and that's the same thing with wrestling photography you have to find your style and it's taken me a while but I really um, I love the action and, you know, a lot of wrestling shows are in the dark, so it's a little bit harder, but, um, I just love the action, something that tells the story of what's going on. So it's not just, oh yeah, this is an action pick of that, but I want something that, that tells a story. And I feel like the guys afterwards, even though they're like, oh, but I'm all sweaty, Melanie, and I'm grungy. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's the point. Like, that's why I want to take a photo of you. <laughs> I, I want to show you that, uh, I want to show that, it's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 fake. It's, it's hard work. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's art. It's athleticism. It's, it takes way more than what people think goes into it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's what I like more than anything else. I want my photography to kind of tell the story of what's going on in the ring instead of it just like, don't get me wrong. I love cool shots, but I want to like tell the, tell a story, incorporate the story into it. Exactly, and I think you do a really good job at doing that. And, you know, as an independent wrestling referee myself, um, I've gotten the privilege to work with you at AWP. And um, and like I've told you, you know, we love to give you a shout-out on social media. And, um, oh, thank you. Yeah, and we can't thank you enough for making us look better than we are, honestly. Um, <laughs> you, you, you do so good at making magic happen, you know. Um Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. I, try, I like I said, I, I try. I'm still I'm still green in the business compared to like other photographers, but I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to learn as quickly as I can. Oh, you do a great <laughs> job. We can't thank you enough. And, thank you. You know, and, and and to that I'd like to say what in your opinion is one of the most memorable moments for you working with a promotion that you remember if you have any stories you'd like to tell? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think the one, you know, and I, I, I apologize to them because I forgot to tell them, um, but I work also for Galactic Pro Wrestling. They were also, uh, Rudy Russo was one of the first people who was like, hey, Melanie, you know, do you want to come down and work for us? And I was like, absolutely. Um, he was running, or he's running around um, San Antonio, but now he's running like in Castroville. And suburbs of San Antonio, this, correct? A, what's that? Is that suburbs of San Antonio, correct? It's like a, yeah, it's a little city. No, it's a little city outside of San Antonio, maybe 20, 30 minutes outside San Antonio. Okay. Uh, and so, um, and he's running Galactic Pro Wrestling and, you know, he just had this, he had a, he had built up this really great show before the pandemic and finally they're start, just starting to come back. But um, I was doing the filming for the, the first ever title match and it was um, a three-way uh, title, ma um, three-way match 
between Alex Arsenal, Great Scott, and I believe uh, Richie Garcia. And it was just amazing because Alex Arsenal won the, the, the title. And it was a complete surprise, not just to him, but to like everybody. It was like a last minute kind of thing because we, you know, everything was kept under wraps. Um, so he won, and it was like just genuine joy and excitement and surprise on his face, and it was just, and the the whole crowd had erupted, and it was just like a, one of those genuine moments that it's like lightning in a bottle. I don't know if we'll ever catch it twice. It was just so good. Um, and I'm just so glad I got to film it because I took like a clip of that and I put it up on Galactic Pro's uh, Facebook page and it just it always brings a smile to my Ooh, face because that was it. also yeah. his first match. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's so amazing. You know, it's like on a larger scale, like almost like when Hulk Andre at WrestleMania three, when Hulk even going to the ring didn't know what the finish was going to be, and Andre was like, "We'll call it in the ring, boss." You know, and. You know, yeah. uh, he ended up yeah. letting Holt go over, you know, because nobody, Andre had never lost and uh, and Holt didn't know if Andre was going to, you know, do the job. So, you know, the, moments yeah, like that are incredible was, for. Exactly. Exactly. And it was just so incredible because, you know, um, just, I don't cause I just feel like cause you're, in, you're in an independent show and you can be so close to the action. So, you know, one person knew what was going to happen. They called the spot. Alex, you know, Alex didn't know at all. So when he was told that he was like, everything, everything happened so fast. So it's just raw emotion half coming from him. So it was just, it was just great. It was just great. And it was emotional and everybody was just so excited for him. Cause like I said, it was his first title. Of course, now he's holding three. <laughs> but, no, Alex is, is, a, is a phenomenal like athlete. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, amazing up and coming talent. If any, if any of the listeners yeah, haven't really had is. a chance to check him out, you know, follow him, uh, you know, on social media and everything. Well, Mel, we definitely want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us tonight. Um, if you would let our listeners know where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. Um, so I'm on Twitter at TCBNLA. I am on Instagram at TCBTX underscore photography. And I'm also on Facebook at TCBTX Photography. That is mostly my photography stuff, so you're not going to find a lot of wrestling there. But um, on my Instagram, on my Twitter, you're going to find me. Um, you're going to find me on my on my photography and my wrestling and a lot of stuff. And uh, I'm always I'm always chatting with people online, so you can always comment, and I'll I'll message back or comment back. <laughs> yeah, Mel, and like I said, we can't thank you enough, and thanks for being our. First guest on Out of the Corner with Shane Matthews. It was an honor for it to be you. And um, like I said, you do amazing work. And it's always an honor to work with you. And I look forward to working with you many times down the road. Well, I appreciate you guys so much. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like, you know, the person all in black in the corner of the ring and no one really pays attention. But I, I feel like, you know, I'm. Uh, people are paying attention, and I really appreciate that. You know, photographers are always we're always hustling out there, and it's always nice to feel appreciated. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, you do hide behind a camera, but the the point of our show, besides covering mainstream and indie wrestling, was to put focus on the people. It takes more than just the two in the ring to put on the, as well as you know. So. I appreciate it, guys, so so much. And like I said, uh, if I could just you know. Go, go check out, guys, Mission Pro Wrestling, Pluto Pincha Wrestling, Galactic Pro Wrestling, uh, Austin Wrestling Revolution. I mean, Texas right now is just a hotbed of independent talent and independent promotions that are just killing it out there right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs to definitely recognize because I feel like it's a big movement going on. And, um, 
Yeah, once Absolutely. again, once again, Mel, thank you so much, and uh, we'll definitely uh, be talking to you again down the line. So, thank you so much. All right. Enjoy your night. Thank you. All, All right. right, you too. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate All right. you. All right, bye. All right, bye bye. Yeah. Uh, and once again, y'all, that was Mel from TCBTX. It was a privilege talking to her. And like I said on this podcast, we were going to put spotlight on people who maybe aren't getting the spotlight in the ring, but put in a lot of work to make the magic happen. Yeah, so definitely take a moment. Check out Mel's work. Like I said, she has fantastic photographs. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. But thanks again for listening. Yep, and uh, make sure to follow along on all of our social media, Out of the Corner with Shane Matthews. And until next time... That's it. Ring the bell. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.